Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Welcome to a brand new month, Wild Souls. It's monthly medicine time. Happy March. Um, Man, do we have a, do we have a download ahead for us. <laughs> All great, but just, whoa, really powerful. Um, I'm so excited to kind of get to all the juiciness. Uh, so happy to be with all of you. I want to start with some um, kind of one very quick announcement, actually, that um, in case you hadn't heard, for those of you who just listened to the monthly medicine episodes, um, enrollment for my eight-week tarot course, Tarot for the Wild Soul, is open. So if you are longing to go on a very powerful online journey through the medicine of the deck, um, releasing fear and overwhelm and kind of dropping you into a river of your own truth, if you long to be engaged with and connected with powerful, gorgeous, like supportive community, this course is there for you. And it comes but once a year and we're doing it in the spring this year, which I'm sure everyone knows, but never hurts to repeat. Um, enrollment is up. It is open. It will remain open until March 19th. So only a little over two weeks remain for you to sign up and be a part of this course. Um, we have eight incredible bonus contributors. We have kind of hours of new audio lessons by me around everything from intuition to working with fear to utilizing feelings as a lighthouse. Um, there is so much content, so much goodness. Um, the community is incredible. Um, it's just a very powerful journey and I'm so excited to be going on it again. And if you feel called, it is here for you. Um, really what this course aims to do is to rewild the tarot away from kind of patriarchal, limited, um, exclusionary meanings that don't always honor the flexibility of gender, of life experience. So it's not one fixed way of looking at the tarot. It's actually creating a whole new foundation for you to build the kind of, um, beautiful relationship with your deck to have that be strengthened and solidified and um, encouraged within yourself. So it's really about supporting and enriching your medicine, your knowing. Um, And it just tickles me to be able to do this. So That's all I'll say about it. But if you're looking to get more information, this is the only time of year I do this course. There is nothing else like this course. There are other tarot courses that are excellent, but there is no supplementary material. There is no person I learned this from. It's just me. So if you're really longing for a soul-centered journey, this is the only place you're going to get it. Meaning not that other people don't do soul-centered journeys, (laughs) but if you're looking for like, things that are like my teachings, I'm the only one who teaches this way. (laughs) So if you're interested or you want to learn a little bit more, um, you can learn or sign up at tarotforthewildsoul.com. And um, we would just absolutely love to have you. And I think that's my one announcement for today. Okay. Mm, Monthly medicine time. So our medicine phrase for March is tend the flame. Really let that move through your body. What does that bring up for you? What does that conjure for you? 
um, tending the flame? Do you think about ancient times, like past lives, tending the flame? Do you think about literally being a fire keeper, like sleeping near a fire and tending to it, making sure it's fed and balanced and nourished? Or do you think of something completely different? Really taking a minute to kind of let that integrate. What does it mean to keep your flame, to tend to your flame? Keeping and tending are different. To keep of the flame is a kind of a stabilization. We're keeping something going and there's a kind of effort um, that's beautiful and holy completely within itself. But when we're keeping a flame, um, it's just as sacred, but to tend the flame. There's something completely different about that word, to tend, to nurture, to take care of. That's what we're doing this month. The flame within us, that kind of inextinguishable essence, that spark that exists within us, the thing that is connected to the core and fire of the earth and the power of all the stars, the sun, the heat of the planets, the cold of the planets, like the vastness of space, that flame that exists within the middle of the body, um, right in the solar plexus, is kind of what we're talking about. And the fire is tended through respect acknowledgement, attention, balance. Um, and there's a lot of energy and invitation in the month of March that has to do with changing our relationship to tending the inner flame. Um, a lot of us ignore our inner flame. Like there's no shame about that. We just do. <laughs> um, we override it. We like dump way too much like caffeine and burnout on top of our flame and like tending the flame of our being is like no joke. It's major work and there's no, there's no, uh, need to have any kind of like invitations into guilt or shame about that. I think everybody experiences their own versions of struggle when it comes to tending their flame. Um, but we're being asked to kind of illuminate and elucidate for ourselves what are the habits and patterns that keep my flame running too hot, that keep it burning out, that keep it like keep um, getting it wet, keep so I have to like restart my fire again and again and again? There are all kinds of these questions that we're going to be asking. Um, March is a portal. I had mentioned that uh, February was a bridge month, which is kind of my definition for a month that kind of leads us from one energy into another. March is a major portal, major. Um, and sort of what I mean by that is I think portals are kind of these doorways into different dimensions and can encompass all kinds of different things. They also, um, offer us completely powerful rapid fire opportunities for growth. And that is very much what March is about. It's inviting us into a new space of honoring the inner flame within. And let me tell you something. If we are willing to drop in, hold this phrase very close to our heart, continue to return to it day after day, week after week in the month of March, 
our lives will be different by the end of this month, which is a bold statement, but it's not me. It's spirit. It's true that everything comes, everything is born from this spark of creation that exists within ourselves, within the soul, within the body. There is, everything is born from it. Everything is tipped by it. And the more that we can come to a space of respect and almost shifting our lifestyle to be a kind of a one of service, of devotion, like we are the keepers, the tenders of this flame, um, we will expand without exhaustion. There will be creation without burnout. There will be rebirth without pain, without trauma, without fear. And this is especially for anyone, you know, if anybody is listening to this and they're just in the throes of pain, in the throes of like, um, candida, chronic illness, surgery, like just like crippled, whatever it may be in some way, shape or form by the feeling in their body, this kind of languaging might feel very confronting. So what I encourage you to do is to let that definition of flame tending come to you in your own way. Because this isn't necessarily about like, oh, feel into the body, touch into the body. Not everybody is available to do that work. This is also not like a whole diatribe on the solar plexus. Because <laughs> um, it's kind of like a name for the unnameable. You know, that's one way of defining that chakra point uh, as being a kind of a term for the flame within the body. So what we're talking about is something far more esoteric and one that is sovereign to you. You can be, consider yourself to be completely independent, autonomous, empowered to shift this medicine phrase to be whatever you want it to be. Because tending the flame can sometimes just be, I let myself lie in bed all day today without dropping into guilt or shame. That is tending the fucking flame right there. For some people, it's like, I took my medicine and like, got up and walked my dog and brushed my teeth. That's tending the inner flame. So this isn't, you know, although we're going to talk about huge invitations into rapid expansion, which is possible, by the way, for anyone, I also don't want to um, not include everyone. I want this to be the most inclusive um, medicine that it can be. Um, so I invite you to not let me be the arbiter of what this phrase means to you. You are the arbiter. So what does it mean for you to tend the flame? And how can you not apply any judgment to that? Because everyone's fire looks different from day to day, week to week, year to year. Everyone's fire is different. Everyone's flame is different. So respecting where we are is a big part of this too. March is a majorly powerful cycle. And it always is. If you listened to Monthly Medicine last year, I probably said something very similar. So does everybody else. <laughs> it is a really powerful cycle. And there's a real strong why to that. Um, one of the biggest reasons, perhaps most significantly, as to why March is such a powerful cycle is that we end the zodiacal calendar in Pisces and we begin anew in Aries. We experience an equinox, um, which is spring in the Northern Hemisphere, fall in the Southern Hemisphere. And 
experience profound shifts and awakenings in the clearings that Pisces offers us and the messy, intense, fiery birth energy of Aries. And, you know, I often talk about things like this, that like, it's very, very powerful to remember that like, with this equinox, we're talking about both birth and death being held in one breath, because with the spring equinox, we're getting ready for life to bloom again here on the Northern Hemisphere. But in the Southern Hemisphere, the preparation is to begin to die. And Aries holds all of that. Aries' um, phrase is, I am. And it is so fucking powerful and synchronistic that the card that showed up as the medicine for the month ahead is Ace of Wands because it is all Aries energy. It's that burst, that explosion, like literally child coming through the birth canal, animal coming through the birth canal, like creature and, and being, living, breathing, being coming through the birth canal of its um, birth giver, of its parent. Um, all of that is Aries energy. It's just the bluntness and power of life. Here I am. This is me. Um, and that's all Ace of Wands. It's like, here I am. And that's that kind of thing of like, we're igniting something this month. We're clearing something out and we're really igniting. Even in the midst of some very watery astrological placements, new moon in Pisces, um, Mercury retrograde in Pisces, major transit, um, especially ruled in Pisces. Um, it can actually be a pretty dreamy time. Mercury retrograde in Pisces can actually be a time where like we're kicking it and actually not, we're, we're a little bit more relaxed. Um, last year, I believe I, it's, it was either in March or in April. I can't remember, but I think it was in March. We had a Mercury retrograde in Aries and I found it to be excruciating, um, because Mercury retrograde in Aries is very intense and there just is this natural pressure, this bearing down, this wanting to rush and do. And Pisces is wanting to kind of suspend and to drop inward. And so it actually may wind up being very fruitful and very, um, in the flow. Um, it's a complementary energy in some weird ways in terms of the feeling. And then we have a full moon in Libra. So there's just like, and, you know, moons in Libra are major events and they're usually quite powerful, especially to the mental realms and to inner balance and outer balance. So there's a lot of duality in this month that is always presented in March. A lot of like unification of duality, things coming together, very powerful. Um, but mainly because of that energetic shift from Pisces to Aries that we're going into like a whole new calendar of time, um, rushing in on the wings of the spring equinox, which also happens to be the full moon in Libra. Huge day, the 21st. Um, so again, we're completing our journey in Pisces, truly wrapping up the end of the year, transitioning into Aries season. Um, and life is birthing anew. And the spark of creation is illuminating both from within us, within the earth, within life. Um, March is a month for inward looking and profound emotional depths. It's also a month for huge expansion. I mean, just expect to fly into space <laughs> basically this month. Even if it doesn't kind of look how you expect it to, there's a lot of opportunity for growth, clearing, shedding, expansion here. Um, and it's really about ending one cycle and beginning another. So 
you know, we say these words sometimes, but don't really stop to kind of reflect and chew on them. You know, really think about that beginning, ending one cycle and beginning another. Really looking at that and considering that we have free will here and that we have the opportunity to really take these invitations and make them whatever we want them to be. What does it mean to you to end one cycle and begin another? How does it feel in your body? What kind of excitement, what kind of aliveness does that inspire in you? Is it frightening? Is it overwhelming? Is it something that when you hear you go, ugh, I'm so tired of hearing that? You know, what's the response that comes up? Um, Because something that I repeat pretty much ad nauseum (laughs) on this podcast, but it deserves to be repeated because kind of everything in life goes against this idea and tries to help us forget this. Um, We are nature. There is no separation. When the earth bleeds, we bleed. When there's pollution inside, there's pollution outside. The earth and us are mirrors for each other. There is no separation. We are nature, period. Where we live, how we experience nature, the natural draw to go within, to experience some of the deeper emotions of the human psyche and spirit, those are all completely understandable in in winter. To flourish, to bloom in spring, to shed and clear in the fall, to um, expand and bloom open and, you know, be in life and like nuzzle up to life in the summer, letting the sun just pour into our skin. These are all really understandable, respectable things that we lose sight of because we're not as connected as we used to be as people. So it is very important to remember that when we consider this idea of ending one cycle and beginning another, I'm not being esoteric about that. We are literally ending a zodiacal cycle and going into a new one. We're also ending a season and going into a new one, symbolically, of course. So what does that mean for you and how can you tend that flame within yourself of, you know, what can we burn with our flame? What's ready to be cleared in terms of burning, you know, turning it to ashes and what's ready to be kind of birthed within the flame? Just thinking about all that is really powerful and important. Um, And again, March is a month that invites us to tend the flame and to expand without exhaustion, to explore without burnout, to create without fear, as I mentioned before, and to keep that flame lit within us, even as we travel deeply into the waters of our being. And March is a powerful month of creation, joy, new beginnings, And it will ask us to clear everything that no longer serves. This isn't just like, oh yeah, it's so great, like flames, creation. There's a lot of Pisces energy (laughs) rolling around this month. Like there's big internal work to do. Huge. But when we keep the flame, when we tend the flame, when we keep it steady, fed and happy, we're able to travel really far and have that balance of fire, of warmth to come back home to. We have that kind of inner light to guide us like a compass. 
we are going to be probably feeling the spark of creation this month. There might be new ideas. There might be new concepts. There might be things that you're putting out into the world in March. This is actually a very good time to do that. Believe it or not, it makes no sense for the fact that we're in a Mercury retrograde in Pisces, but there really is a lot of go energy in this month. Um, not go like fly away, but there's a lot of building. And when we talk about the concept of tending the flame, we're not talking about shooting off like a rocket. We're talking about building the power and the steadiness and the stability within ourselves so that we can be open to moving really gracefully and easily and without effort when we're called to, period. Um, because of the ruling of 2019, as if we're following Gregorian calendar, um, as hangman, uh, empress, and obviously for those who follow the Jewish, um, enumeration, this is a wheel of fortune magician year for you. Um, but if we're following, um, hangman empress, um, and we can follow both easily, um, we're talking about Neptune, Venus energy. We're talking about being open to a lot of flow, a lot of water, a lot of beauty. And in some ways, March kind of illuminates all of those, um, internal qualities, all of those things that are kind of building and simmering within. Um, and the other thing about fire is if you've ever created fire with a bow drill, if you've ever, um, really worked to light a fire or keep a fire or tend a flame. It requires a lot of patience and a lot of presence and fire needs all balance in elements to survive. It needs, um, the right kind of earth beneath it, the right kind of relationship to the wood and to the soil. It needs for things to not be wet. So in many ways, the absence of water is a very important part of keeping and tending a flame. Um, we also are looking when we consider fire keeping for there to be a really big quality of, um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I refused to edit that out. There was like a little thing that flew past the window. Um, we're, yeah, we're looking for kind of a balance within elements. We're looking for a kind of synchronicity and an alignment. And that is required within ourselves too. You know, to build that flame, there needs to be a proper relationship with water where water can exist, but it's not extinguishing anything. So there needs to be a balance there. Um, there needs to be correct and aligned balance with earth and with all that that brings. And obviously with air, which is possibly the most important element because without oxygen, there's no flame, there's no spark. So are we breathing? Are we communicating? Are we connected? This is really like creating the four directions within ourselves with kind of that flame in the middle. And from there, what we're building and kind of the whole point of 2019's invitation to us is greater balance, greater longevity, being able to do our work for longer without burning out because there is more support. And in order to cultivate that, we kind of have to start from within. So that's the power of the kind of phrase of tending the flame. Um, and really look at it like a devotion, like 
there's a lot of kind of Virgo essence in this idea, like the Vestal Virgin, keeping the flame, keeping the waters. Like there's a lot of service that's involved in this, but you are tending the flame within the temple of yourself. So that's very, very powerful. Um, the collective tarot reading for the month of March really reflects so much of this and provides so much more context for the kind of work and potency of what's possible in March. So as I mentioned before, the medicine of the month ahead, kind of the card for March is Ace of Wands. Aces are about new beginnings and, um, kind of sparks in the dark, just these incredibly potent things that can come in the form of like a spark, a seed, um, you know, blast of wind, like just kind of these amazing energies. And the essence of aces are often a little bit like magician. We're kind of making something out of nothing. There's a key to ace energy for anyone who's ever been a little bit confused about how to work with them because they can be a little bit like they seem very obvious, but then in practice we can pull an ace and kind of be like, not really sure what to do with this exactly. So you want to think about ace energy as being an essence that kind of hovers in the air above us and is available to us, but we actually have to reach our hand up and take it. So when ace of swords is there, it's not a passive experience. It's an experience of spirit, divine, your inner self, the tarot, whatever you want to call that, kind of giving you a heads up like, hey, there is a beautiful opportunity and an invitation here for you to be deeply in alignment and working with some very strong um, mental creativity right now. There's a lot of um, possibility that new ideas are coming in, but you have to actually reach up and take that sword. And that means um, maybe if we're talking about Ace of Swords, like sitting down with a journal and jotting down ideas. If you have an idea, actually following up on it, um, calling that person that you've been thinking about collaborating with, and then going from there, all that good stuff. So with Ace of Wands, which is our card, which is, if nothing, like so powerful in terms of like Aries energy, huge burst of energy, huge burst of life. This card is like about, it's really about the self. And it's about us as human beings, as beings kind of like coming out into the world and being like, hello, I'm here. I have something to share. I have an essence to bring with my energy. And I want to bring it in a way that includes everyone, that sheds a light, that kind of sparks, you know, like flint and makes this beautiful fire. Um, so we have to kind of reach up and take that flame. And that's where this kind of phrase of tend the flame comes in. Because what is it, you know, we can get all kinds of funky about our creativeness, right? We can move into spaces where we're kind of like, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And we kind of suppress it or we keep ourselves too busy to have anything come in. Or we think we've got to be working so, so hard when it's really like, we can enjoy life a little bit more and create a little bit more balance. So it's all about checking in, um, in terms of ace of wands with the relationship to other elements. Is there enough oxygen to get that flame going? Is there enough breath, communication, connection, thinking, um, is there enough earth stability, um, foundation support within myself without myself, you know, is there enough of that to sustain this flame? Um, is there 
a good balance of water within me? Um, are things feeling too wet, too heavy? Um, is it important for me to kind of like quote unquote dry out a little bit and come to a space where there's a little bit more balance? Um, what does my flame need? We're going to be asking that question again and again and really giving ourselves permission this month to let the flame fly, to let Ace of Wands lead us. So the invitation will be ever present this month. Anytime you want to connect with that source of inner wisdom, inner courage, kind of letting your work shine, letting yourself shine, letting yourself be seen to speak, to really come out of your shell and start something new. Ace of Wands will be there waiting in the wings for you to reach up, take it and let that flaming torch guide the way. So big time, big medicine. Um, what we're being invited to pay attention to nine of swords with huge expansion comes big contraction, right? So it's not necessarily like, oh, we'll be in so much contraction this month, but there is an inevitability that when there is all of this openness, this possibility, the brain kind of goes like, well, what the fuck is this? And will kind of invite us into all these different stories. So here's the thing about nine of swords. Nine of Swords is an action, proactive, positive card. This is not a card of nightmares and horrors. This is a card of allyship with fears. It's a card that asks us to rigorously look at the evidence around our fear. Is it the truth? Is there actually a monster in the closet? Can I cultivate my courage, flick on the light, and look? If a thought comes in and it invites me into huge sleeplessness, huge fear, let me investigate that. If my mind is telling me this person hates me, they're mad at me, I'm, I could get in trouble, investigate that. Ask around. Ask, go right to the source and be like, are you, are you upset with me? And if so, like, please be honest. Let me, let's work this out. Um, it's an invitation to make our fears our allies. So what does this do? It allows us to tend the flame more easily because we're not being interrupted. It doesn't mean that the fear goes away. It means that we change our relationship to it. It means that when fear comes and is present for us, we actually make time to go the full extension of investigation with it. We actually say to ourselves, you know, hey, this is a really big fear in me. Let me investigate it. Um, just doing that is an act of revelation within itself because the brain never wants us to do that. The brain can really, you know, as my teacher says, Michelle, um, the brain can really act like a predator and predators kind of want us alone. So uh, to investigate means we're bringing in outside eyes, even if it's just our own consideration, our own thinking. So it's really important to know that that kind of allyship can only come with investigation. So if you're afraid, begin to really ask questions, ask outside of yourself, ask for proof, ask for evidence, and then actually have the open heartedness to receive the answer. Most of the time in Nine of Swords, the fear is unfounded. It's not actually true. It feels very real, but it's not true. And we get to avail ourselves to release ourselves from the grip of these ghosts, you know, going forward. Um, and that's what we're being invited to pay attention to. How can we make our fears our allies? How can we have all aspects of ourselves working with us rather than against us? The lesson of the month is seven of pentacles. Patience. I'm smiling as I say that because it's a big one. Patience, patience, patience. Everything blooms when it's ready. There's no rushing anything. 
You don't have to rip the snakeskin off, as Ramdas says, and be here now. It it sheds when it sheds. You wake up when you wake up. There is no way to rush the tending of the flame. You just have to be with it. It takes a lot of patience, a lot of time. All good things do. Seven of Pentacles is really about cherishing the timing of things, not rushing anything, not hurrying anything, just really letting things come flow on their time very beautifully. Um, And that is the lesson that we're really cultivating a deeper sense of trust in March because seven of pentacles is very related to trust. It's a relational uh, card with the outside world, with growth, with things coming together. And, you know, we can think of seven of uh, pentacles, like if we have like a new business and we're kind of like hustling up every day and we see some growth, but not a ton of growth, you know, it can really bring us into that space and we can pull this card and it's such an ally because it really will bring us into, um, a wonderful sense of connectedness where we're able to say, you know, um, this is okay. Everything is moving at exactly the pace that it's meant to. And I'm moving at exactly the pace I'm meant to. It's all good. It's all okay. Um, so that lesson of soul patience, Um, trusting timing, letting things really flow on their time is a beautiful part of what Seven of Pentacles can bring to a situation like this. Um, What we are releasing, Ten of Wands, overwhelm, Uh, fuck overwhelm, it's done, it's over, stop burning out. (laughs) Sounds so ridiculous, but it's true, like, the time has come especially in this year of Empress Hangman, it's time to ask for help. It's time to trust in the investment that can come from investing in help. It's time to time to trust that you can allow other people to help you carry those wands. So everybody is going to learn this in their own way. I'm speaking to myself just as much as everybody else here. Whenever we feel that pinch, that tightness, that intensity of overwhelm, begin to cultivate a practice to cultivate a practice of pausing and like let the 90 mile an hour thoughts and feelings and emotions flow through you. How could this be easier? Is there a way? Can you ask for it to be easier? Can we let go of the need to appear um, infallible? Can we be vulnerable enough to ask for help? Can we begin to see and consider asking for help as a great gift rather than a weakness? Um, Seven of Wands really is like, we have all the wands, we have everything we want, but they're too much for us to carry on our own. So the gift of Seven of Wands is really uh, generous and lovely because, or Ten of Wands is really beautiful because it brings us into a space where we're able to, um, we have the opportunity to kind of allocate and open up a little bit more to have other people supporting us. Um, so really I encourage you to look in your life about where this exists and where you can make more space for that. Um, and the seeds that we're planting 
two cards came out for this as well as for the teacher of the month. Um, so the two cards that came out for the seeds that we're planting slash the next cycle of our lives is Ace of Cups and the Moon. And both feel really gorgeous. So Ace of Cups opening up to love, whole new, whole new journey, whole new cycle with us um, loving ourselves, embracing ourselves, being open to love, being open to receiving gifts, um, the waters of our own being. Like Ace of Cups is so fucking delicious and is not just about romantic love. It's about receiving love from all corners. Are we feeling kind of lonely? Are we feeling like we want kind of like to expand our friend group? Don't fall into victimhood about that. Really just be proactive. Meet new people. Don't sweat it. If people aren't calling you back, they're not supposed to call you back. Just don't sweat it at all. You know, just keep looking, keep opening up, keep shining. And it really starts with us. Like if we're willing to look inward and really do work on ourselves, then um, so much will come from that. And if we are doing work on ourselves, it might be time to take it to another level. So Ace of Cups, like, you know, we talked about aces before. We have to reach out and take this thing. Um, so the next cycle in the seeds that we're planting are a newfound connection with love, a newfound connection with um, falling in love with ourselves with pleasure, which is so complementary to 2019's Empress energy. It's really delicious. So, um, opening up to that gift, those gifts are a huge part of what this year is about. Um, but definitely this cycle. And then the moon is just so appropriate because it's ruled by Pisces <laughs> and because we have so much Pisces energy this month. And we'll talk about the moon and the emperor a little bit later in monthly medicine because those are the two signs of March. Um, but yeah, we're planting seeds of um, floating in the unknown, floating in the void, enjoying, moving deeper into our knowing, moving deeper into the innerness, most parts of ourselves. Um, all of this flame work is just a direct line to inner love. It's a direct link to going into the deepest parts of ourselves and just loving them up. So it's not just about going into the moon. It's about kind of loving what we see in the moon, loving the parts of ourselves that feel really intense, loving the deep emotions that come up, just, just really like cherishing all parts of ourselves. So the seeds that we're planting have to do with diving into the depths, really looking at our emotions, illumination, dream time, psychic space energy that, that would be a big part of March too, but also like tremendous opening up to love. So there's a lot of beauty there too. Our teachers for the month ahead are 10 of cups and king of cups. 10 of cups is an opportunity. Um, it, it is not what people think it is. A lot of people think that it means harmony, wishes granted, you get everything you want, everything's great. Um, and I'm not saying that it's not that, but it's definitely not just that. <laughs> um, Ten of Cups is an invitation to find, as my friends Erica Livingston, friend of the podcast, guest of the podcast, and Laura Interlandy, founders of Birdsong Brooklyn, um, a term that was coined uh, by Laura and that they use in their businesses, available joy. So what is the available joy in your life? What is the immediate source of delight, of joy? What is it? Um, that's 10 of cups is actually being able to just be present with what delights you and just be present with what lights you up. Even if life isn't perfect, even if you don't have everything you want, 
it is still teaching us um, after all this seeking, after all this looking, after all this emotion in the journey of the cups, we come back to this sense of it is all contained within me and there is absolutely nothing for me to fear in terms of reaching out and taking this source of available joy, whether it be, you know, the delight on my children's faces or the like cuddles that I have with my kitty or, you know, having everything that I want on my list, but having multiple things that are really worth celebrating. Um, those kinds of things are the available joy, the presence that we want to reach for. Um, so that's a really deep teacher, like finding joy in any moment and not making it about like future or so serious. And then King of Cups, like really fortifying our ability to go out into the work and serve and hold space because King of Cups is able to do that due to the fact that he spends so much time holding space for himself. So King of Cups is really the master of holding space because this archetype holds space for both themselves and others in tandem, in balance. So in being able to do this, this all comes back to tending the flame because there is a, an element of attention and self-regard that we're being invited into this month that will actually fill up our cup enough, which is also connected to the Ace of Cups energy that's coming through in the next cycle. Um, it will fill up our cup enough to have more to offer to other people. Many of us are used to kind of operating at like 20%, 60%. What would it be like to operate for you at 150% where you are so filled up and nourished, where you are so um, in balance, whether that looks like balanced for the next person, fuck them, <laughs> you know your balance. So where there's so much alignment that you just have so much to give. That's kind of what we're talking about here um, when we talk about King of Cups being a teacher for us. Um, every time we want to do something that connects with and involves another person, how can we bring it back home and make it about kind of us? Um, and yeah, the two tarot cards that we're moving in this month are the Moon and the Emperor because they are ruled by respectively Pisces and Aries. So the Moon ruling by Pisces... Um, the moon is a card of profound choice, like the lovers, similar, um, because it has to do with choosing intelligence with our emotional experience. The moon usually invites us into an echo, an illusion, an experience of some kind, maybe something that was unpleasant, um, maybe an invitation into delusion or illusion, um, maybe uh, echoes and old feelings. Like literally, we transitioned into Pisces, um, a, you know, whenever we did a couple weeks ago, and my something literally came up in my life that was an echo of an old experience and provided me with an opportunity to say, this is actually not the same as the old experience, but it feels that way. But you are at choice to respond differently. And that really is the crux of the moon card and kind of the crux of Pisces because Pisces can swim in either direction. Pisces can really um, go either way. Pisces is capable of all things. It's the deepest sign that we have in the zodiac. It's capable of going to the furthest depths. Um, and it also has the most powerful element of choice to it because it is 
imbued with the capacity to take things down into directions that it doesn't need to go into. So the moon is a chance for us to say, okay, you know, this is very intense. The energy is really intense. It's drawing me very deeply inward. It's kind of pulling up all the things that have lived within my ocean to kind of come up and out. It's like pulling emotions out of my being. How am I going to work with them? How am I going to engage them? How am I going to express them and connect with them? And how can I actually not make it an emotional decision? How can I do this in a way that's measured and and aligned? So that's really a lot about what Pisces has to offer in in this card. Um, You know, and there's a lot of medicine to the traditional right-of-weight imagery, the two dogs, um, the two towers, really passing through this threshold in this card, leading us into the sun. Um, It's really our last experience in really deep void energy after several cards that really have to do with deep shadow work. Um, And it offers us the chance to be at choice to either kind of freak out like the dog on um, one side or to kind of like look up in awe at the moon on the other side. Um, And while we're in Pisces, we have this beautiful opportunity to actually make the moon card work for us. So how it can work for us is like it can provide a spectacular opportunity to drink to fall into beautiful, um, possibilities to expand our psychic space. Um, the moon also can kind of feel like the lights are off and we're fumbling to try to find the lights, or it can be like we're in the pitch black of night and we just can't see shit. And we can try to kind of like fumble and maybe like, like stub our toe and Really what we want to do is just sit there until the light dawns and see what the dark has to offer us. That's so that's the moon. And then emperor, um, whew, so powerful. So emperor is not the patriarchal asshole that most people believe him to be. The emperor has nothing to do with men. It has nothing to do with masculinity. It has to do with yang energy. It has to do with, um, like chi life force. And it is in any, um, anything that we see that takes up unapologetic space, but does not make anyone else shrink. So for example, giraffes, elephants, mountains, sequoias, redwoods, massive, beautiful land formations, all examples of emperor taking up space, but does not crowd out anything else, does not invite anything else to shrink. This version, an old paradigm of the emperor being like this controlling, dominating figure is bullshit. It's just um, patriarchal masculinity. It's masculinity out of balance. And the emperor belongs to everybody, whether we define ourselves as man or not. The emperor also has to do with structure, which is a very important part of the idea of taking up space, kind of in order to do that and to be as big. We kind of have to have that sense of rooting that happens underneath us, which is pretty cool because ideally emperor shines expands most brightly when there's a positive, strong um, engagement with Empress energy. And Empress is all about the root because Empress really has to do with receiving. So the fact that we're in an Empress year and we happen to be flowing into Emperor in Aries season is pretty fucking great. And I, uh, I for one, can't wait to see if it feels any different because um, as an Aries, I find Aries season pretty uh, excruciating. <laughs> I know a lot of people feel that way too. It's kind of a hard time sometimes because it's just so intense and it's really kind of like new and 
it's hot energy. Um, not hot, hot, but hot, like, um, hot. (laughs) So yeah. Um, how can you take up space? How can you take up sacred space? How can you let your voice be heard, your medicine be heard, your message be heard? All these things we want to think about in emperor energy. That's really important with this card. Um, and that's all that I think I have for you today. I'm trying to think, my goodness, did I miss out on anything? Hmm. I don't think so. It's a little shorter than normal, but I, I guess that's just fine. Some are short and some are long. It was pretty potent. Maybe it's meant to be a little shorter. Um, we have, of course, the new moon in Pisces on March 6th. And on March 21st, we have a new moon in Libra. On March 28th, Mercury goes direct. Um, These really are very powerful months and months to do, or I'm sorry, powerful moons and moons to do deep inner work around. So with Pisces, we have this chance to really um, plant seeds of very powerful emotional expansion, growth, and maturity. And we also, it's a wonderful new moon to plant seeds of intention around psychic expansion, greater connection to dreams, um, desires to kind of be, um, it more in touch with the unseen world, please, if you're wanting to do that, could not ask for a better time, um, or a better moon or a better opportunity. And the full moon in Libra, you know, Libra moons are hard for some people to work with. Some people love them. Um, with any full moon, we're kind of like harvesting what we've grown and considering what we want to keep and what we don't. And with Libra, it can sometimes be intense because Libra rules like the psyche and the nervous system, um, in ways that are more connected to the systems of the body. Um, and it most certainly rules the mental realm and it rules balance in all directions. So, um, anywhere that we have kind of like cracks in the foundation or our balance is in some way out of alignment, we want to call upon Libra energy to kind of seal that and help us to really bow to and honor where we are and where we wish to be. So that's another thing to offer. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this. I love doing monthly medicines. If you enjoyed this, if you liked it, please share it. Um, Please uh, spread the word. If you want to leave us five stars on iTunes, I would love it. And uh, you don't need to leave a review. The stars are great. They help other people to find us. They help us to chart higher on iTunes. The more people listen and rate and review, the better it is. So Thank you in advance if you feel called to that. Um, And if you'd like to write a nice review, that's also wonderful. Um, If you're not subscribed to Tarot for the Wild Soul, please also do that. Consider that. That way you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops. Um, And I just love you. And if you don't want to do anything, um, it's okay. Your presence on this episode is enough and really appreciated. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for listening. I love you and be well. I'll see you next week.